coming to you live from the Badlands of Texas. You're listening to or you're watching Midnight Radio. I'm your host, Gerald Schmimmins. Hello, friends. How are you doing tonight? I was in the little DJ's room when I found out that Alex Murdoch was being sentenced. And I missed it live. I had to go back. I missed it by about 60 seconds. But I hear we're going to talk about it tonight. Matter of fact, that's some Alex Murdoch information for you yesterday that I didn't get to. Of course, we're going to go over the warrants for the Idaho 4, what's on those lists. I got some nice, clear copies of that. Thank you, Dilly. And uh, I need your help, too, about, well, I was watching Banfield last night before I go to bed, like every night. And she was talking about Zana Carnoodle. I'd already had this information, breaking news the second it came out, and that's that that uh, Brian Kohlberger's let me turn this down a second that Brian Kohlberger's lawyer and Taylor didn't have a damn thing to do with Xana Carnoodle and Xana Carnoodle's mother Xana Carnoodle's mother a strange mother I should say had, knew it she knew it she knew she never talked to to her this is a conversation I want to have with you today who played who did Zana's mother play Ashley Banfield. Did Ashley Banfield, well, was she just all about the ratings talking to Zana's mother? What is the case here? But I was laying in bed watching Ashley Banfield, and she reported on it. She sure did report on it, but like it was no big deal. Like the interview she did with her never even happened. It was very, very, uh, it's very odd. We're going to talk about that today. The first thing I do want to talk about is, of course, Alex Murnau trial. I'm going to open up the phone lines right now after I play this one clip I want to play for you here. And this clip is... Um, it's right here. It's a jailhouse phone call with Buster. Play this for you. All right. Keller. Hey. All right. What time do y'all get back? Um, back to where? home uh like five o'clock this morning how'd y'all get back at five o'clock this morning if y'all left at ten fifty-three out there with time change yeah i know but it's ten fifty-three out there y'all left right no we left at nine thirty at nine thirty out there so you left at nine thirty. it's a it's a it's a four hour flight so you really land at you know around one and then you traveled through three time zones, which adds three hours. So we landed at about 4.30. 10-4. y'all have to be tired. Um, yeah, I am tired. I am, well, <clears throat> it was easier for me because they dropped me off in my car, which was in Columbia, and I just went to my apartment and slept for it's several hours. Columbia? Where did y'all fly into? Charlotte. Why'd y'all do that? Um, you know, it's just, that, that was where the 
the cheapest flight was. What y'all fly on? Uh, Spirit Airlines. How was that? It was better than I expected it to be. <laughs> what does that mean? Well, I mean, I thought, <clears throat> I don't know, I just, you know, it was, it was better than, you know, I just thought it was a real cheap airline, but I mean, it was nicer than I thought it was going to be. Did you have room in your seat? Mm, you know, the seats were all right. They, but you know, it was, you know, it's, it's a totally, it's just a different, like the seats don't recline because they can fit more if they don't recline. It's just, you know, it's just different. So you went four hours with no recliner? Yeah. But, oh, no recliner. You know, oh, my was gosh. Still fun. And then going to Sedona was did a good get, time. Did you get to gamble any? Yeah, yeah. So I did go gambling. And then the next day, there was an article created about how I'm misusing funds. By gambling? Yeah, someone took a picture of me and John Marvin in the casino. You're kidding me. Uh uh. What a fucking. You are you kidding me? No. How they recognize me? No. Man, I guess that. I mean, I'm a national figure. I think. I guess you're gonna have to wear a hat and shit when you go places. Um. So. Well, I know you haven't seen Brooklyn. I just want to make sure you made it home. And you got that thing set up now? Yeah, so I set it up, and I prepaid $50 onto it, so it should be good from here. I'm not going to call you for $50. How much does each call cost? Uh, it's 60-some-odd 60 60 cents a minute with um, $6 if your call um, goes over 15 minutes. All right, well, I'm not going to keep you. You go be with Brooklyn, and um, where are you going to be tomorrow? Um, here. Be here. Hey, please stay on John Marvin's ass to see about that stuff from Mark Ball and any of those other funds to put on that thing. Being taken care of in the morning. So Mark's going to do it? Yep, they're writing the check in the morning. The check will be ready at 8.30. John sends someone to pick it up, and then simultaneously running it over to Palmetto State to apply it, and I'm driving to Charleston in the morning to pick up the check for the bait. And going to apply that, too? Correct. I mean, I don't see how they fuss when everything's being applied to the bank. Yeah, Four. I mean... 10-4. So all that'll be done. All that'll be done by lunch tomorrow. That makes me feel better. So it'll be three fifty. How much has been put on it so far? Um, Dad, I I don't have an exact figure. Um, you know, a couple couple tens of thousands, maybe. You know, just selling pieces of equipment. All right. Well, I love you, and um, you you. What well, um are are you redoing your bond hearing tomorrow, or does Jim just, you know, give them the psych evaluation? I don't know. It's not. They're not redoing the bond hearing. I, I don't know if he's going to have another bond hearing. He's just going to rule based off of this. So this isn't like a formal, like, you, you walk back in there and it's like a courtroom type thing. I don't know. I don't know if he'll, I don't know if he'll reconvene for that or not, or he'll just go off the paperwork. I don't know. 10-4. I'll try to talk to Jim sometime tomorrow and let you know. 
I would assume he would get the documentation. He would ask. Well, it's pretty exciting, isn't anything, it, guys? And he would the phone is open if you want to call 325-261-0892 if you agree with the jury or you don't sure. agree with the jury the sure. guilty verdict All guilty right. on two charges her murder and you get some rest i will and i'll call you um you're going to be working in in um hilton head yeah yeah i'll just be I'll tell you, the conversation i want to have is on circumstantial evidence some people think that Nobody should be convicted on circumstantial evidence ever yeah, no, for I'll any reason. Alright, I'll call you sometime and um, just catch up. How bad did we get beat? Mm, 44 to 14. Who did the Cowboys play today? Uh, they were on bye week. Huh? They were bye week. Was it bye week? Yeah. <clears throat> and then Brady, when Brady played on Thursday night? Uh, no, Brady played t today. Played Who today at four. Uh, the Bears. How old is Buster, win? guys? Yeah. They did? Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, how's your Braver, Braver the World Series. Yeah, I saw, um, I saw when they were winning two to one. Oh, they, what? You know, what? How's your Braver, mom? Braver going to the World Series. How's yeah, your mom? mom? Uh, the Bears. Did they win? Yeah. They did? He said, how's your mom? You forget something? Yeah, so um, I saw when they were winning 2-1, to one, and then they, you know, I watched it till about the 8th inning, and I saw where it was like, they were winning, I knew they were going up 3-1. So the Braves beat the Dodgers, what about the Red Sox and the Astros? You kidding. Breaking news before the Murdoch trial. He talked on the phone with his son. How about that? I'm gonna... Phone line is open, guys, if you guys want to talk about this. Just so you know. All right, let me go ahead and pull up what I have. So this is talking about the uh, issue with um, Banfield, and I need your help on this because, man, it seems to me like a lot of YouTube Banfield videos have been scrubbed or my ability to find them. Either, either way, she was talking about this last night. I can't find the clip. I understand why she would want to be separated from the whole issue now, but here we go. And this was put out not by me, re-put out by me last night. And again, I'm asking the question. We've asked it before. We're going to ask it again. Do you think Ashley Banfield crossed a line again by interviewing Isanna Cronodal's mother, uh, the premise is this. So she was completely clear with her lawyer. There's nobody that can disagree with that now. She wasn't even her lawyer. She was just on the, her name was on the letterhead because she was in charge of the department. And Zana's mother knows that she never met with her. She knows that she never talked with her. She knows who her lawyers that she actually met and talked to were. And yet she still presented herself as Ann Taylor was her lawyer and had been for years. And a lot of people got played. Ashley Banfield got played. Or does it even matter to Ashley Banfield? She got the views. She got another week on the air with people tuning in. Oh, here we go, tuning in to the real news. So let's look at this then. 
This is pretty hard to see. Ash, actually. Let me go full screen. Hold on. So, Andrea Burkhart, she said this. Great job, News Nation. If Kara Knodel were a material witness, your irresponsible decision to exploit a vulnerable addict to perpetuate your baseless smear against Ann Taylor has made her too impeachable for the state to use. Hope you've got legal working on retractions. Nope. They went on the air, talked about it. There will be no retractions. That's not how they're going to play it. Who is that? Is that Susan smearing me down there? What is she saying? I have to put it in caps because Midnight Radio doesn't seem to understand why a lot of people are saying this is a miscarriage of justice. It doesn't have to do with circumstantial evidence. Susan, it's not my job to understand. I'm here to listen. I'm here to have the conversation. It's not my job to understand. It's your job to explain it. That's your job. It's a conversation. It's called a talk show. Otherwise, if it's not a talk show and you're not talking about the way you feel, then all I have to do is do my little thing I do in the beginning. Play this. Hey, live from the planes. And then I come up here and do this. And clap my one hand, one hand clapping in the wilderness. Or how about this? And that's not what kind of show we have. We have a conversation with you. I can't understand. There's nothing for me to understand. (laughs) It's a conversation. Jerry, look up Mother of Idaho Victim Zana. Okay, I'll look it up. Maybe that'll give me what I need. Guys, I did look up this before I came on here. Lisa Maxwell. I would like to thank our, I'm going to actually thank our executive producers in the middle part of the show today, which we're going to get to quickly in about 20 minutes and nobody's calling. So do a poll about what? All right. Always call me before I'm ready. Midnight caller line. This is Jerry. Who am I speaking with? Hi, this is Barbara from Washington. Hello, Barbara. I just had a quick question. Hi, how you doing? I had a quick question. Do they have the death penalty in, I don't where this trial is being held for Murdoch? I do not know. That is a good question. Let me look. I can yeah, look it up I just, fast. Thanks. Unless someone else knows. I should know this. I got to turn this stuff. Yeah, I thought I did, but I don't. <laughs> that happens. All right, here we go. South okay. Carolina has more than two dozen inmates on death row and no way to legally carry out their executions. You said a no way to legally? No way to legally because there's a bill that's advancing at the state house right now which could allow halted executions to resume. Oh, okay. Well, I know they had trouble getting that one drug or something that they use for the lethal injection, so I don't know if that's part of it or something else. Um. Anyway, I, I didn't follow the trial close enough to have a good opinion on the uh, outcome here of him being guilty. 
I did watch the part about them, the jury going to the kennels, and I thought maybe that might have made a difference for the jury walking, you know, being in the actual. Those those kennels look small to me. They did look as small. As far as yes. trying, you know, yeah. If you had two, I don't know if the mom and the some were in different uh, cages, kind of thing, or if they were both in the same one. But there's there wasn't a lot of room in there. I, you know, to fit. You know, I did. I did. Shooters. Now that I remember, I I did hear that part when the judge was reading the verdict. He said that there was thirty years to life is what the sentence would be. Oh, okay. Well, two. you know whether he actually did the murders or not, I don't know. But I feel just from his other financial crimes, what he did to all those people, because a lot of them did die. You know, the people he stole the money from in not good way. Some of them were paralyzed, you know, didn't probably even get in the general care that they could have gotten with if they'd had the money that he stole from them. So I, he just seems like he deserves whatever. I don't know, not the death penalty, but life in prison for sure. Anyway, that's just my opinion. That's that a cup I'm of coffee. For. Yeah. Well, that, you know, cup of coffee doesn't get you much, but <laughs> anyway, okay. That's all. I just needed to know. Thank you. All right. Thank you very much. Okay, bye. Barbara from Washington, everybody. You know, a lot of people like me were on either side. They're saying that there's no real evidence. They're just relying on his character. But the thing that really grabbed a lot of us about Alex is he lied about his alibi about where he was and changed it on, on stand. Is lying about your alibi not evidence? Is that not evidence? You saw it there in real time. That's fact. That's evidence. That's not hearsay. That came from his mouth and that he lied from his mouth. So. Somebody sent me a video. Here's my opinion, guys. Unless you call me, you don't have an opinion. Then you have an opinion if you call me and tell me what it is. Otherwise, you have something shadowy lurking in the deep recesses of the chat room. But if you call me, then I hear your opinion loud and clear. And so does everybody. All right, here we go. Let me go to my email. And the phone line's open. 325-261-0892. Okay. Yes. This is and one. what about just the, the details? Oh, this is the old one, man. All right. I'm still going to play it, though. Let me just. Here's the old abbreviated Zana, Zana's mom, how she lied. Let's see. Did she lie? Let's refresh ourselves. But there's so many um, missing details, so, so much mystery still surrounding what what happened, you know, in that house right. and two surviving roommates. Have you had a chance at all to speak with the two surviving roommates about what they witnessed at least in the middle of the night and the next morning? Um, no, I haven't, I haven't, uh, got to speak with them at all. Um, so yeah, there is a lot of questions. What about the other family, um, members of the other kids? Have you had a chance to talk to them? No, huh? Is that something you'd like to pursue? 
Um, yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't yet. I mean, I, I wouldn't mind speaking with them. How are you, how are you managing? Um, I just, I, I have my friends around me and, and honestly, I, I watch a lot of Xana's TikTok videos and. This is and, hard to watch uh, again. That helps. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just. I mean, I'm man- managing as best as you can, you know? Is there something you can tell us about Zana, the, the girl you knew? This is not what I was looking for. Um, this Zana is just was, the she interview. Was she was... Did, did, I, did I catch her right? Okay. Did I describe her right? Okay, moving through this process? Oh, I don't think I'll ever get over losing one of my children, you know? live our best life. All right. So the video I would have played would have been the one where, and actually that one is available. I didn't want to play it though. So I didn't need to, but I guess I have to now. Hold on. All right. I spent 15 years of my career trying to create the digital notebook. Remarkable, solved it. I'm Phil McKinney. I'm the former CTO for Hewlett. There have been conflicts of interest with attorneys for far less than this. I mean, let me give you an example. If you think that perhaps some point you want to divorce your spouse and you have a conversation with a couple of lawyers, your spouse can no longer retain any of those lawyers just because you had a conversation. Okay, again, she never talked to Ann Taylor. Ann Taylor was head of the office. She never talked to her. Ann Taylor was not her attorney. So anywhere under the sun, it would not have been a conflict of interest. So this woman, she knew Karen that. Northington, whose daughter was violently murdered in Idaho, one of the Idaho four, those four students killed in Moscow at the University of Idaho, she is now facing the reality that the person she trusted most with four of her cases is now representing her daughter's accused. Four of her cases. Again, she's never worked with Anne. Killer. Here's that conversation. So, Kara, what was your first reaction when you learned that your former attorney is representing the man accused of, of killing your daughter? Uh... Midnight Radio, this is Jerry. Who am I speaking with? Hi, Jerry. It's Electra. Hey, Electra. How are you doing? Hey, I'm good. How are you? Fantastic. How can I help you? <laughs> I just wanted to call in and talk about this whole Shamfield, hashtag Shamfield, and how she handled the... We already we talked about this. How she handled um, Dana's mother, Kara, in the interview. We talked well, about this. We're talking this. about it again. Mm 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 mm. We're not. Mm-mm. No. You, Mm-mm. So maybe I didn't make it clear. I guess you know I I didn't. My head is swimming with this uh, man cold I have. So. Oh, you poor little man. It's horrible. Oh. It's horrible. I don't know how I'm 
working right now. I don't have a fever. I'm, I'm proud of you. I don't have a fever and I'm barely stuffy, but I got a little dribble and I feel horrible. But um, along with the warrants and everything that was released, it was also released the uh, hearing that they had between the uh, Ann Taylor and the judge and the evidence that she put out that she was never this lady's lawyer. Her name was just on the letter. Had they never met, they never talked. She talked with other lawyers in the office It never talked to her about her case. That sounds about right to me, for sure. Yeah, they just sensationalize everything over at Stanfield's place. I don't know what, News Nation or something like that? News Brian Nation. Benton. And, Brian uh, Benton. <laughs> Is his name Benton? <laughs> Brian Benton. <laughs> I just <laughs> snorted. <laughs> I wish I could snort, but I can't. <laughs> that just happened when I laughed really hard. It's embarrassing. I had no it idea. It really turns, turns guys off. They don't like me. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, I think basically they, they sensationalize everything and just, it's such a sham. It's a super I mean, sham. This, this exposes the sham. <laughs> but where did the sham come from? Is it from Banfield? Or did she get played by, uh, what's this lady's name? I can't remember. She tries to say it. Kara. 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 That's right, right. Kara. Yeah. Who her name who? Is, it's not, her last name is not Kernodal. Uh, I think. She changed I, it I back think, to Kernodal. Yeah. I don't think Kara was in her right mind to Sham, uh, Shamfield. I think, you know, she was taken advantage of. I really do believe that because. Dude, Ashley was asking her questions that were just not appropriate. Because she knew that she was estranged from Vanna. They didn't talk. They didn't have a very good relationship. And, and she and Kara is sitting... That, in, in hindsight, Kara is sitting there bullshitting her the whole time. That is very possible. Very possible. And I saw she Ashley... She just answered questions. She was taken off guard by these questions. She's like just kind of nodded her head and said, yeah, like if you don't speak Spanish and someone's asking you questions in Spanish and you just nod your head and say, yep, yep, nope, nope. I've asked this people, this people to several questions today. I asked this question to several people today and uh, Mel Mel there in the chat room, she says they're engaged in mutually beneficial transactions. And I've heard that a, a few times today. That no, uh, they both know what they're doing. Uh, mm. uh, Banfield's jacking up her ratings, and uh, Kara is. Do you well, think Kara was getting paid for it? We investigated it, and Kara's bond. She was at the time of this interview. She was a fugitive. She didn't show up to her court hearing. There was a warrant out for her arrest. Right. That's fact. Uh, we looked it up. Right. That night, I looked but it up. That I morning, I want to know. You asked me if she was paid know for if it. News Nation pays people. Yeah. We we uh, her bell her bond her was paid that night after the interview. And I, oh, she was, got paid. I'm not saying. Yeah, I don't know who did it, but I know it was it paid. I know like there was it. nobody until after the interview. So whether News Nation paid it or not, or people felt sorry for her after she did this interview. Hmm. Well, the first time Ashley Banfield Banfield interviewed her, she was in jail. 
So, I mean, how is that not profiting off of someone that's in down and out, you know? But Tara was still in jail, Vanna's mom. So, but I think definitely, I think News Nation pays people. Come on. They must. I don't know. So, yeah, it was probably beneficial for her. I don't think she just wanted to be famous being, you know, down and out as she is. I don't think that's the way. I believe she wanted anything she could get, any way she could get it. That's what I think. And I'm not saying it wasn't help that she needed or help that she wanted or to go into some program, although I'm not made aware that she actually ever did make it into a, a program, a drug rehab program. But what I do know is she damn well knew that she never met this lawyer and taylor she never met her she was not the lawyer if you have a lawyer you speak to him um i don't know she did say that right he was on the letterhead with probably a bunch of other lawyers names but all the public defenders you know you know and you just get assigned one right i'm starting to think that maybe it was banfield because if i remember correctly Ann Taylor did say that I never met with anybody, never talked with anybody, never got any paperwork. Well, hell, us because she wasn't your lawyer. Mm-hmm. Let me play a little bit more of this clip. Okay. I am heartbroken. I'm heartbroken because I trusted her. She, uh, she, you know, pretended that she was wanting to help me. And, um, what a load. And to find that out that she's representing him, uh, I can't even you never talk to her. Convey. How, how betrayed I feel. I feel betrayed. Have you had Damn a chance I... to speak with her about this? No. No. She's not your lawyer. No, I haven't spoken with her. I found out uh, through a friend who found it on Reddit. So, you found out, you found found out through it on a friend Reddit. through social media. You weren't notified by um, Ann Taylor, your attorney no. uh, herself? She's not your attorney. Right now. Uh-uh. And have you tried to reach out to her? Uh, no, I just found out today, literally. So, yeah. So, um, I mean, just so many thoughts. Uh, it, it's so it's so incredible that there is this this connection. Are you going to try to fight this at all? Fight uh, this? Oh my yeah. god! Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Because, as I understand it, uh, this would require a, a waiver, something that you sign, and that that he would sign in order for her to go ahead and be able to to do this uh, legitimately. Um, I can imagine the way your reaction uh, is that y- you are not interested in signing a waiver to allow her to continue on. Right, exactly, and 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 I'd already given her power of attorney. I'd already signed over power of attorney so that she could help me with. Um, with getting into rehab and, and whatnot. And um, so, I mean, I, I I don't understand what how she could do this. I don't understand what happens now. Does she still have power of attorney or, or what goes on now? And no one has reached out to you from the public defender's office to, to help you navigate next steps? No, no. Have you been in um, communication with the police and prosecutors about the next step in, in this process and where you might fit in? Uh, no, no. And do you want that? Do you want to be in communication with them to, to understand what's happening and, um, and, and what they're going to be doing as they move forward in prosecuting him? Oh, yeah, 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 yes. 
So no one has reached out to you? No. Uh-uh. Not the prosecutors anyway, no. Who have you spoken right. with? Um, I've Honestly, just media has been getting a hold of me. Do you feel like you're being left out of this process? A little bit, yeah. Oh, Had you boy. ever heard the name Brian Koberger before? No, I have not, no. And do you know of any connection at all that he might have had with your daughter, Zanna? I, I can't imagine. I can't imagine that she, that she had any connection with him. He's quite a bit older than all of them um, and, and all of their friends, really. I mean, they didn't really hang out with a lot of older people. So um, I, I don't know if they, if they knew him or, I mean, they, they could have because he, he did a he did attend school um, at WSU. All right, Electra, are you still there? I am. What a load of... I have something to say, too. All right, say it. <laughs> what it sounds like is that they kind of fed Zana's mother the information to say beforehand. Kind of like um, reality TV shows where they feed him the info, what to say, what to dramatize. I want you to walk over there and slap him in the ear. Okay. Yeah. And I think you're right, but can you believe that this is supposed to be news and it's a reality show? No. No, they just put news in their name, but they're not really news. I understand it's sensational and I understand it's exploitive, (laughs) right? I understand that. It's like, remember a current affair? It's, it's like the new current affair, but but to, it's even worse when you think of it like a reality show. What it sounds like to me, and I, I knew I'm from agreeing the very with beginning you. that it was just not, yeah, I know. I, I thought from the very beginning, just like, Danfield, what are you asking her? Why are you asking her these questions? But Tara had answers. So she must have been told. You know, prompting, I guess that's the right word. Talking points, yes. Exactly. Well, I'll let somebody else call in, especially Susan A. All right. Well, hey, everybody. Just want to let you know, after the show goes off, I'm going to be stopping it real hard at 8 o'clock because we have a DJ meeting in the Discord. So if you're DJ, I'll see you in there. But also, Electra right here, her post-show Ladies Night Post Show is going to play right after this. So if you're interested, I'll drop a link to our online radio station in the chat, and you guys can check check out Ladies Night. Oh, sweet. Thanks for that. You're welcome. I, it was fun. We got Ladies Night because, you know what? If you're born a lady or if you want to become a lady, we love the ladies. Oh. That's right. Men are invited, too. There you go. Susan's invited. Yeah, they're invited, too. All right. Of course. All right. Talk to you later. Thank you. The phone line is now reopened. 325-261-0892. Oh, my gosh. So these are things we talked about before. And we heard there was no conflict. Then they released paperwork. And it makes the whole situation look very shoddy and shammy. Very shammy and shoddy. Shocking. So, damn it. 
if you guys want to look at that paperwork, it's right there. Uh, it's right there on our community page. You can check that out. All right, moving on. Let's look at the, uh, boom, let's look at this. All right, let me, my eyes are crossing here. My T's are crossing too. Cross my eyes, cross my T's. Come on. I'm going to be checking my email, guys, so if there's something that you guys want to talk about and you're wondering, is Jerry going to talk about that today? You email me, I'm going to be talking about it until 8 o'clock, that is. All right, so this is the paperwork that came out that everybody's been waiting for. Uh, my first question to you guys is, there, this was under the, you know, they held this back. They held this back. But they can only hold it back for 60 days. Is holding it back 60 days even worth anything? I mean, if you can only hold it back 60 days, did did we benefit? Did they benefit? Did, did the defense's case benefit from this being blacked out for 60 days and then released? I don't think so. It seems like it made it worse because they have a slow trickle of information and they're just, seems to me like they're trying to keep it in the public. But let's go over this, shall we, without dramatizing anything. Still waiting your calls, 325-261-0892, so... This is uh, in Pennsylvania. This is an actual search warrant application authorization. And we're going to look at the item list in beautiful 600 dots per inch, as you like it. Grayscale, nonetheless, looks like it's been run through the old fax machine a couple times, but we'll work with what we have. This is the kind of stuff they're looking for. There we go. See attached. Yesterday we didn't have the attached. Today we do. Property of receipt for nothing burger. All right. So this is what they, first off, this is what they found on his body. I can't read it actually. We did go over this before. A silver flashlight. Very odd. And I can't read that first word. What does this button do? It says defiant. One defiant silver flashlight. Okay. How do I undo that? Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness gracious. All right. Four medical style gloves on his person. White Arizona jeans company large t-shirt. You know what the creepy part about this is? You want to see something creepy? You want to see something really scary? All right, check this out. Check out my website. If you go to my article that's up there, University of Idaho Slings, I know I need to write more articles, but I wrote the part about his arrest. And this is before the item list was up. And it seems very similar to what actually happened. 
and what they actually took. So let me read that for you. Ah. The detailed timeline of events has been blocked off. All right, here we go. The arrest and the beginning of imprisonment for one Brian C. Kohlberger from henceforth be called Nothing Burger at 111 Lambson Drive, Albertsville, Pennsylvania, home of Nothing Burger's parental units. There's the Haas. The Pennsylvania State Police SWAT team broke down windows and kicked in doors, no doubt causing the elder parents of Nothing Burger the first pangs of grief with many to come. They whisked Nothing Burger nothing birther they whisk nothing burger away in the early morning hours no doubt with dreams of murder fresh in his lusty mind and under draws still stale then they execute a sealed until 11823 search warrant on nothing burger's pullman washington apartment and they obtain the following items one black nitrile glove this is from his apartment Dust container from a vacuum cleaner, 13 possible hair strands, one possibly from an animal, fire TV stick, pillow with reddish-brown stain, ew, computer tower, allegedly, rumor has it, one used happy sock. But this is different. This is at his parents' place right here. So they, when they arrested him in his underdraws, they actually took the underdraws. They took the sweaty underdraws off of him is what I'm trying to say. They took his T-shirt. They took a... WSU campus, large uh, sweatshirt, big ass 13 shoes, a pair of Under Armour socks, shorts, and large boxers. Oh my gosh, and they took a swab on them. But what did they take from the parents' place? Let's go over that right now. And here's a list of all the kind of things they were looking for. They're looking for drugs, alcohol, anything pertaining to the victims, any pictures, any kind of alcohol. They're looking for DNA, footprints, fibers, animal. Okay, this is the kind of thing they're looking for. But what did they get? Oh, man. Ah, oh, exhibit A. All right, so that's the old one we read before. Just making sure I'm not missing anything. I have the second sheet right here. Okay. This is the uh, reason for the warrant. Same one that was on the other one for his Pullman address. All right, fine. Here we go. Boy, oh, oh, oh. All right, here we go. Bazinga. I think I'm going to have to blow this up a little bit, y'all. Nee, 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 nee. Doing, doing, doing. There we go. 
Everybody's talking about this first thing on there. Book with an underline on page 118. Let me, I'm sorry, guys. Book with underline on page 118. AT&T bill for Brian Colberger. All right. A Glock. A Smith & Wesson pocket knife. It's a pocket knife, guys. Uh, folding folder containing vehicle paperwork. An Acer laptop. One of the Acer laptops. Those are the cheap ones, aren't they? Green leafy substance in green container. Hmm, I wonder what that was. Documents. Green leafy substance in plastic bag. Ooh, smoking that ooey. White paper with passport. Power cable cell phone. Uh, Glock mags, empty. Books. Black face masks. It almost makes me wonder if he just had a plain, uh, you know, pandemic black face mask on. Prescription. Mm, what was a prescription for? Black gloves, one black hat, one black mask. One black hat, one black mask. He had it with him. New Balance shoes. Oh, they got the New Balance shoes they were looking for. And you know they're size 13s. Does that count as evidence in your mind? I know we're talking about what evidence they had for Murdoch murders. Does this count as evidence... Let's say they find a shoe print of a New Balance size 13 in the dirt. And he has a New Balance size 13. I'm not saying this is a case because we don't know right now. We won't know until they go to court. But to, in your mind, is that evidence? It doesn't matter. It matters what the jury believes is evidence enough to convict. Shadow of a doubt. There is one in their mind or there's not. That is a gap. Is there a shadow of the doubt? It doesn't mean if there's physical evidence or they have enough circumstantial evidence for a jury of reasonable people to not have a shadow of a doubt. That's the way the law is, right? I'd like to hear your thoughts on that matter. But just know it's your opinion and your thoughts. And my opinion and my thoughts are what they are. But then there's the reality of what happens in a courtroom. It's not always pretty and it's not always kind. And, you know, as relating to the Murdoch case, I saw people reporting he was stone cold. He didn't have any emotion. You guys saw the case. There is, you know, I'm agreeing with you. There are big holes in it. I mean, he has plenty of room to appeal all kinds of things. And he has plenty of time to work on that paperwork. Plus, he's a lawyer. So maybe in 20 years he can get out. Now, I am having a dark dun jacket, dark jacket, dark something, dark something, dark colored shorts, dark colored shirt, uh, dune, dark, D-R-C, dark colored, pna, pants, pants. It is hard to read. Laptop. 
Laptop for Dummies book. Man, now it's getting really bad. Anybody want to decipher this? Item photograph. Uh, note on desk. Criminal psychology book. Oh, he printed that out big. Hmm. Mo- now I know the bad handwriting you guys, some people were talking about. Yeah, this one is pretty bad. I- item photograph. Bummer track talker. I don't know. All right. A man's world drawing. ID cards inside glove box. So this is a is of his car. Criminal books, license card, dark colored nuts, dark colored hats, black gloves, Seagate Bermuda, one terabyte Samsung solid state drive. That's a good one. Uh, black box Samsung 960 Evo. Two pairs of black gloves, one black knit hat, dark green short sleeve shirt. Large sleeve shirt, black sweatshirt, pair of pants, one pair of jeans, two pairs of jeans, two black long sleeve shirts, motherboard. I heard there was a damaged motherboard. Washington State University paperwork. Note from Brian from Montana. Craftsman shop back, medical documents. Court documents. Note to dad from Brian. Maroon colored spiral notebook. Dark colored clothes. HP 100 all-in-one computer. Probably a printer. Lenovo laptop. Tangent model medallion desktop. Dark colored clothes and laundry basket. Something cutting knife in leather sheath. So they have the pocket knife and the cutting knife in a leather sheet. It looks like Taylor. Swab one, swab two, swab three. Two pairs of dark colored boots, one pair of brown boots. Talking about the search of the 2015 Hyundai Elantra. Criminal violation homicide. Going over the things they have. I haven't seen a phone yet. Have you guys? I didn't see they took a phone. Statement of Brett Payne, what he found again.
See if we're missing anything. No. I want to thank our executive producers for my ability to put on the show. If it wasn't for you, there was no way we'd be able to do the show in the way we do. I'd like to thank executive producers. Lady Sandy, thank you very much. Lady Lisa, thank you very much. And our, I'd like to thank our producer, Electra. Now, if you'd like to be an executive producer for a donation of $20 or more, you become an executive producer for the next show that we do. 100% of all the funds go into our uh, radio music license. We've obtained our radio music license, but we need to upkeep that. Our music, uh, our online radio station is now on 24 hours a day. We play really good music there. You can play it at work. You can get the link at midnightrad.io. Also, we have an app that's in development right now, and we will be on TuneIn and iHeartRadio for you to listen to Midnight Radio and all of the DJs. Right after this show, Electra is going to do Ladies Night for about two hours. She's going to be playing music on there. So you guys can check that out after the show. Um, if you you know can't give $20 or more, that's not a problem, but you still want to help, you can get a membership. And uh, if you just want to help support Midnight Radio, it's two ninety nine. That's our supporter level. If you want more, if you want a free streaming, you know we stream shows just to you, nobody else, and uh, exclusive videos. If you're a Midnighter, that's four ninety nine a month, once a month. Cancel at any time. You get that, and you also get access to our Discord. And, hey, let's say you don't want to do that. Just hang out in our chat room. People give away memberships all the time. You can try it out for 30 days for free. If you don't like it, then you can let it expire. Or we have our writers group. In our writers group, uh, we teach you how to write. It's a writing course. So that's $9.99 a month. So we have all kinds of things. You can check it out. You can check it out at... Uh, you know, there's a link right there. If you're watching us live, it's in the chat room. Or you can click join and check that out. I'm going to check my email and see if you guys sent me anything while I was talking about that. I'm going to see what if I missed anything in chat. Because I always do when we're going over. Whenever I have to read something. Dear Brian. Could you please pick up a sack of bread? Jerry, what did you see in your post on the first page of search? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I haven't seen anything about his phone. Damaged motherboard means nothing. You must destroy them. Writer's group is rad. Susan A., I'm writing to my local Thai restaurant that I'd like some pad Thai. Jerry, 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 what did you see on the first page of search? You asked, oh, what did I see? All right. Good question. Let me check that out again. I, can't, I saw something, guys. I really did. Let me go back. That is a good question. Do you see what I see? A jackass. Let's see. Do you see what I see? Oh, no. No, I'm sorry. Let's say. I'll show you what I saw. All right. 
Do you see what I see? I saw it. There, there's the cell phone. Yeah, the cell phone's on that first page. The one black hat and the one black mask. That's what I saw. The one black hat and the one black mask. I'm blowing it up right now. And I'm wondering. Surely. If he had that one black hat and that one black mask. And this time you have to note that it didn't say that they found any dog hair. Wouldn't it say they found dog hair on that hat? Oh, and one animal hair on the fuzzy hat. Do you think he threw away the hat that he took with him that night? Do you think he threw away the face mask? Because I think he was wearing a watch cap and a face mask. Do you think they uh, he threw that away because he had more, or do you think he just kept it? I'm I'm wondering. And also, of course, there's the knife. I mean, you go down to old Billy Bobbo Bumbuck down the street, you kick his door and you grab his stuff. I mean, they look. Billy Bobbo Bumbuck doesn't have bushy eyebrows. Billy Bobbo Bumbuck doesn't have a watch hat. Billy Bobbo Bumbuck doesn't have a black face mask. Is that just circumstantial or does that count as evidence? Or does it actually become evidence in people's minds if it has blood on it too from a victim? You know, I feel that circumstantial evidence is circumstantial evidence, but the defense will put that out there because they want to win. They'll put that out there all the time, and you'll hear it, and you'll hear it, and you'll hear it. And you go on TV, and you watch these documentaries, and you hear circumstantial, circumstantial, circumstantial. Is there a shadow of a doubt, a reasonable doubt, beyond a shadow of a doubt or not? That's what convicts. And where's the line between evidence and and circumstantial evidence, because physically, they found a black hat. Physically, they found him with a bushy pair of eyebrows, and physically, they found the black mask. And that's what she identified, okay? And if there's nothing on that but his own sweat and uh, the dandruff from his eyebrows and his head, is that circumstantial? If it doesn't have any DNA from any of the victims on there? I'm seriously asking. Call me and let me know. 325-261-0892. I'm ending it in 10 minutes, guys. I have a meeting to go to. I know y'all like to hear my sick voice. Hello, everybody. How are you doing out there? Cir fingerprints are circumstantial, okay? Seriously, though. You're saying fingerprints are circumstantial. If they found his fingerprints on the snap, is that circumstantial? They find his fingerprints in the house, would that be circumstantial? That's physical. Shadow of a doubt is not a reasonable. Right, right. You're right, Mel. I misspoke there. Thank you very much. I'm, I'm, with, I'm on the same line of you. Shadow of a doubt is beyond a reasonable doubt. Reasonable doubt. Thank you. 
Please forgive me. I have a man cold. I know not what I say. The search warrant was pretty much anything black as far as clothing goes, and even his drawers. They took the man's drawers. And let's talk about... Midnight Radio, this is Jerry. Who am I speaking to? Um, Brad, to kill you all in the chat. How's it going? I'm doing amazing. What can I do for you? Um, you know, you're talking about a uh, reasonable doubt and beyond the shadow of a doubt. And yeah, I just corrected myself on that. What I meant is reasonable doubt. Right. And, and my contention is that at some point that changed because it used to be the other way around. But my question is, well, my question is, uh, you know, if you're, you know, you're talking about fingerprints on a sheath, which we don't know if that's what it is, but maybe it is, but that still doesn't put, that doesn't put him in the house at the time of the, uh, event itself. Okay. You know what I mean? So I thought about the exact same thing you're saying right now, like 30 seconds before you called me. And here's what I was thinking. I had a flash. I really did. You have the, you have the sheath. Okay. And I'm agreeing with you here. You have the sheath. You have the fingerprint on it. And then they check the fingerprint and they got his DNA. This is what they're saying. But it's, right. in, it's in the house. Okay. But he, according to him and according to everybody else involved that's still living, they say that he has never been to the house. So if it said that he was, ne if he, if he came there every weekend and yeah, I happened to be there. Yeah. That knife was always there. Yeah. I touched it. It wasn't my knife. You know, actually that's, that's, uh, that's Ethan Chapin's knife. He always yeah. had that by the well, bed, you know, but he, he said he was never there. So that's circumstantial evidence. I, I believe it is due to the fact that anyone could have shown him that knife without touching it themselves, uh, the snap in question. It's a leather knife, so I don't know how much uh, touch DNA you could get off of the tip of a, of a leather sheath, which allegedly it is a leather sheath. Um, right. It anyone, anyone, anyone could, anyone could have shown him that knife and put mm -hmm. it in a bag. Okay. I follow you. I follow you. I, I believe you. And actually they said it was, it has a brass button on there on the sheath and they got his print on the brass button, not the actual leather right. part of the sheath. So I follow you. Let's say that's true. And I'm like, okay, Brian. Okay. Defense. All right. Well, who was it that showed you this sheath? I don't know. Right. There should be an answer to that. I would guess. So if there's you know, not an answer to that, to that, does that become evidence then? I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying that they won't convict him on it. I mean, I saw a conviction today that seemed pretty ridiculous to me in the uh, Murtaugh case. Um, based, if you base everything upon the evidence itself, then I think it's circumstantial. Okay. And but what I what I do believe though is that um, if he really asked law enforcement if anyone else had been arrested, that that, that in itself is indeed um, 
could be considered an admittance to some involvement of some kind. That that I do believe because it's, and I, and I think that he could maybe get convicted on you know on that plus the other circumstantial evidence. And considering what happened today, I think it would be even more likely, except for the fact that he has no previous record and had a pretty decent life, apparently, that, you know, you probably wouldn't want to blow out of the water. Um, hey, hold on. Let me pause and rewind back there a second so I can understand something. Could you explain it to me again? So you, you said that when he said, were there's anybody else uh, arrested for this? And they said no. If that's true, that hasn't been able to be re-verified once it was reported. Okay. Okay. Well, that's probably good for Brian if it's not true. But if it is true... Okay, so if it is it's true, just, how could... suggestive. If it, if it is true, how could he be convicted for that, too? Explain it to me. Well, I'm not saying that he would be convicted for that. I'm saying he'd be convicted that as part of the body of circumstantial evidence. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah, like almost as an omission. If, or if he doesn't, not... if he doesn't, well, if he doesn't have an explanation for ever having touched that knife or seen that knife, and they actually have, you know, provable DNA on it, and you know, and then if you can couple that with the footprint, you know, if you can make the body of the circumstantial evidence um, make sense. Then I uh, I see it as being possible, so but uh, there's a couple things I, I want to clear up. There's a couple things sure. I want to clear up. I misspoke on one thing, and that is there was no print on the snap. There was just DNA on the snap. So maybe right, just, touch you know, DNA. just touch DNA. And uh, someone's yeah. saying the law makes no distinction between direct and circumstantial evidence. That's done by the defense attorneys when they are talking about all you've got. Ladies and gentlemen, all they have is circumstantial evidence. The the fact and of by whether the jury or the judge. exactly by the jury and the judge, that's where it's made circumstantial or not. It's in the minds of the people, right. and that's where it goes on our conversation about shadow of a um, yeah sh- reasonable doubt. There you go. Right. Well, I would definitely. I guess. I guess I thought that that statement was verified in some way, but if it's not, then. Uh, Mm-hmm. You know, that adds, you know, I, I personally, I, I don't, I don't think, you know, based on the, on what we do know, I don't see it as possible. I just don't see it as possible with the, you know, if, if everything that we've been told about a timeline and everything is even nearly accurate, I don't really see how a person could have acted alone for one thing. And so if that statement was correct, it would make it make a little more sense to me, I guess. Yeah, that's the biggest problem I'm seeing in this case so far. And we don't have, you know, 0.5 of the evidence, but that is in the timeline of the Idaho 4 case, the timeline the murders were committed. And I'm not saying it is impossible, but I'm saying it's very, it would be very hard, it seems like to me. You know, if he was running drills and doing that in the house all day long, practicing or ever been in there when no one was there. But, uh, yeah, they're going to have issues with that, I think, or maybe there's something else that we don't know. But before I let you go, we're running out of time. I got one more question for you. You were talking about I got the... one question, too, if we have time. All right, I'll let you go first, then. 
Okay. Um, I would like to know how you feel about a, uh, you know, two, barely two plus year, uh, officer in Moscow, right? I believe, um, officer Payne, how does he become the lead investigator on a quadruple homicide? And then also, how is it that he finds the knife sheath? four hours after law enforcement arrived, according to the paperwork. I have no answer for that. Although that does yeah. uh, bookmark some very interesting questions that we're going to put a pin in and get back to. Yeah. So, uh, you know, and I, thing, I really almost didn't want to mention it because of the fact that things can all be amended and they, maybe they probably will be somehow because uh, he does have a history of not checking in on time and stuff, mm-hmm. but um, I, I find that very curious. And then I also find uh, some other connections between Enon and Copaca very interesting as well. And, uh, you know, whoever did this was, was, uh, you know, they were already indoctrinated. They weren't some new person, in my opinion. And uh, that begs to question who it really is or isn't, in my opinion. So you were talking about the the Murdaugh trial, and you were talking about his sentencing. Not his sentencing, but his, them finding him guilty today. What are your feelings on that? I, I feel I feel like, uh, you know, very similarly, in fact, between the Idaho 4 case and the Murtaugh case, no murder weapon, no motive, and uh, a tight time frame where, dude, whoever did it would have had, you know, stuff all over them from the event. And uh, I personally feel like they convicted him of being a liar, not a murderer. And, and they based their murder conviction on the fact that he was a liar. And so they just assumed that he pr- did it because he's lying. I mean, that's the way, that's the way that I see it. There's a lot of people seeing it that way. And even me, uh, some of us were going back and forth from some testimony and some evidence or another. But then when it came down to him actually lying about his alibi, then we all started to have a lot of problems with that. And I knew that he was going to have a problem with the jury after that. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, um, if, if he did do it, then amen, you know, is what I'm saying. But if he didn't do it, then there's still a killer or killers that are uh, out there. You know, and that's the brutal truth of it. Maybe and it's going to be the same way. It's going to be the same way with the Idaho case as well. If, uh, cause like the way I see it, um, you know, Brian could have been a wheel man. Brian could have been aware, maybe even maybe, you know, like, I feel like it's, you know, it's, it's reaching, I'll admit, but, you know, considering his, uh, Reddit stuff about asking questions to people and everything else, you know, maybe you know, I don't know what kind of twisted stuff was going on or, or not, but if that statement is true to law enforcement, then that suggests to me, like I said, that, that he probably knew something about it because why on 
earth would you ever ask that question otherwise? But that still doesn't make him the guy that did it. And unless he's been doing it a while, you know, unless the, uh, and I, I think that the cases, the other cases involving similar method and similar time of day and similar day of the month that happened, there's, uh, uh, two or three other cases, but two that were very striking to me. Um, you know, unless he's responsible for that too, then I think we got uh, maybe the wrong guy straight up and that maybe he was involved with uh, knowing or maybe he's directly involved. I mean, who knows? Well, maybe but, in a know. year or two, what we're going to get is two guys do some kind of crime, get pulled over, and they're going to find the shotgun in the car. I've heard or of things some like, kind of DNA or something. Yeah. I've heard things like that happen. But in the meantime, yeah, he was convicted today, and he'll be sentenced tomorrow, but he's going to have plenty of time for appeals. Matter of fact, I think they give him like 30 days to appeal. Yeah, sorry, I mixed some Brian in there when we were still talking about the Murtha thing. But yeah, um, I don't know, uh, you know, if if he didn't do it, then I hope that he appeals and then I hope it works out, you know. And if he did do it, then, uh, I, you know. I did see a lot of room. Then, in my opinion, I saw a lot of room for appeals. Thank you, call, thank you for calling very much. And uh, the part about the – what was the name of that police officer again? I want to get his name down. The one that you were – Officer Payne. Payne, yeah, I've heard his name a lot. Yeah. Matter of fact, uh, Cindy Herring has a whole dossier on him. So I'll get that from her so I can verify his hi- hiring time. Uh, one thing somebody said. It's in actually the, in the, it's in the, uh, in, it's in the affidavit even, I think. That, uh, okay. About how long he's been on the force. But, uh, she has a whole pain file. Yeah, it's, it's, something somebody said on here, and I found, I'd, I've actually heard about this before, is uh, they often get inexperienced detectives to sign the paperwork often. And also there's like, there's like, like there's between four, I don't know what the accurate number is, but I've heard 46 and I've heard up to 60 FBI agents involved in that Idaho four case right now. And, uh, there's gotta be some logical reason for that. I don't know what it is, but if you look at any other case, I I don't think you're going to find that many agents assigned and that's, uh, a major curiosity for me the whole time, which like to me, I think it's suggested that they might be looking for Hannibal Lecter or something, you know, because usually it's like one or two agents per person. Right. Well, thank you for very much. I got to go. I'm running out of time, but I appreciate it. Yeah. Sorry about burning up the clock and thanks for uh, taking my call. That's what I'm here for. Thank you very much. Yeah, guys, that's what I'm here for, to have a conversation with you guys. It's a conversation I wanted to have. Now, some sometimes I'm super uh, out of time, and I'd have to cut it off, cut it off early. But Okay, let me do something right now. You guys can call me during the week if you have any comments or questions. If you're watching the show later, you can always call on that number, leave your comment. I go over everything. I'm going to make sure that I turn on, turn it off, turn the phone line off so you guys can call in. 
here's a, I'm going to read this comment to you guys before I leave. All right, the, the voicemail line is on. All right, so here it is. This is somebody's opinion. I thought it was funny, but it could very well be true. Um, they said that this case on the Idaho 4 is going to be one of the biggest slam dunks in, the, in courtroom history. It's going to all point to him that he did it, and they're going to have mountains of evidence, basically. And then uh, it'll be one of the biggest slam dunks of all time, just as obvious as it looks. And then talked about Occam's razor. And somebody put, in the first document you showed, Midnight Radio, Officer Payne. Yes, I know it's Officer Payne, but how long was he actually on the force? I don't remember. I don't remember. Uh, I know that Cindy and I talk to her regularly. We email back and forth. I know that she knows more about Officer Payne than anyone else I I know on the subject. Thank you guys very much. I do want to let you know that after this show, there is a ladies' night radio show from Electra. She's hosting it after the show. You can check it out there. And uh, I'm telling you, she has some really good music on there. It's going to be on right after this. I'm going to go to the Discord, and I'm going to have a chat with the DJs about some things. So if you're a DJ, meet me there. It's good to see Coop again. And uh, Red to Kill, thank you very much for your call. And everybody else that called, I appreciate it very much. And uh, maybe Susan A can send me an email that I can read and get her info, her um, opinions focused into an email about the Murdoch trial. It'll be on tomorrow morning when we hear his sentencing. I think he can be sentenced up to 70 years, max sentencing. Thank you guys very much. Um, I will let you guys know on the community page when we're next going live, and I'll put out a, uh, a thumbnail scheduled early, as early as I can, pretty early. I believe I'm going to take tomorrow off, and I'm going to join my man cult. So until next time, I want you to know, whatever I think about you, I'm thinking all my best. Good night, guys.